Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. I'm Aaron Stark um, from the Facebook group You Are Not Alone, a TEDx speaker, motivational speaker, iconoclast, and movie nerd. And I'm Condra from the Amateur Nerds. Oh, thank you both for making a, a trip back. To be on again a second week in a row, I really appreciate that. You're both you're both kind of official or unofficial, no responsibilities, but but just I mean just great give this great insight uh, co-hosts here for these couple of minutes. I really appreciate that, and I think I think Aaron, you might even be hanging around for a minute longer with with another another person though too. I do have lined up. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Our, our recording for it will be <laughs> probably a couple of weeks down the line, but <laughs> for now, but uh, do that separately, but uh, no problem at all. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, so this is minute 66 and it starts with William talking with Penny in the bathroom and ends with the start of his deflowering. So that, that is the, that is the main brunt of this minute. This, um, this, this deflowering. And my biggest question, and the big reason I really, really wanted, you know, it could have been uh, uh, tyranny uh, continuing on all the way uh, to this minute, uh, but but we were able to get contra. I really appreciate that. You know, to have this female perspective, you know, for when this happens, especially the start of it, because the start of it is where it's it's you know, if if you put the double standard spin on it, <laughs> it's not looking too good. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the, the the poor thing we have in, I think in our culture is that, oh, because it's a guy, it's okay. Um, and, and Cameron Crowe, I mean, I think from what I've heard recently, and I don't think I've even mentioned this on a show yet, that, uh, uh, there recently was this uh, much bigger, better, well-known podcast uh, that that uh, actually focused on some other topics prior to it. But uh, because this is the uh, 20th anniversary of the film coming out, um, uh, this other podcast was able to get <laughs> all, all the major players, essentially, Cameron Crowe and and uh, Definitely the, the the three biggest leads, as well as even a few others, I believe. Uh, certainly not, uh, unfortunately, Philip Sogmore Hoffman. But um, even in it, you know, I, I think uh, Cameron indicated that, you know, I mean, there's, there, 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 there even came a problem for William, or for that, actually, uh, Patrick, uh, that, uh, you know, apparently there's there's some crew or cast member that just, just went overboard. Um, with uh, these these really poor choices towards uh, Patrick, um, and they had to get rid of him, fire him, remove him from set. But um, but it's it's just this whole idea of of uh, 
you know, I mean, back then and, and things were swinging in the seventies and, uh, this kind of thing, you know, is, 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 is an interesting part. And, and again, it's, it's those TV tropes, um, that I, that was on a good bit last minute that, uh, it's something that can, that, that, that certainly is, I think made, made out to be okay especially when it's a guy or only, only, only when it's a guy. But as soon as you put that double standard spin on it, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty yucky. So is there, <laughs> do either one of you want to try to jump into that, that mess or we can stay away from it and, and just leave it, leave it lie. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. Okay. I'm, 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 I was oh, wondering yeah. if either of you might've kind of thought about this a little bit and had anything in your head. So, so it sounds like Condra, if you want to, if you want to take it and we'll, yeah. See if Aaron has any, any um, more to add. There is no consent. He says no multiple times. Right. His body language says no. <laughs> I yeah. have so much. Um, the double standard thing drives me up a wall mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. Like it at the end of the day, it does not matter how you identify. If you are not comfortable in a situation, yeah. you have every right to say no, and the people around should respect you. And while that was not ex- considered fully acceptable at the time, that there was this, oh, that d- consent isn't as much of a thing in the 70s, it doesn't matter. And I I was watching it again because I didn't know at first what, what you had asked me to come in on. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. I wonder if it's the deflowering <laughs> scene. Because when you said a female mm-hmm. perspective, I'm like, I bet it's the deflowering scene. Yeah. And... I was thinking about it and watching it again, and he does kind of portray this very lost, confused. It, it, the slow motion at the end especially got me into this moment where I was like, Ooh. he is petrified, and the world is like spinning around him. And you're you're meant to. I I interpreted it in how I watched it in this time was this very upset, but felt like he had to take it and it was being forced on him and that that mindset of oh i have to take it and it's it's okay is such a problem and i found i was looking up another part of i was looking up what opie must die means and i came across an article about consent in this movie mm. and mm-hmm. um how it happens twice that like there's a broken consent twice in this film and it's directly the the second time's broken consent yeah. is directly a consequence because of this scene and i didn't even think about it oh, but wow, this yeah. scene has mm-hmm. always bothered me like ever ever since i was little this scene has bothered me like so, first time i saw so it so can i give you can I offer a small perspective that might make it even slightly worse? Um, so from what, from what I see there, you're on the ball with it. The only small change that I would see is that in this particular scene, his lack of, of um, agency is more due to his want to be subservient to what she would possibly want. Because she comes in and looks during the scene. And when the scene slows down and he gets all that slow motion, I didn't really take it so much that he was afraid and having to go along with it. I took it that all he cared about was her and she said, do this. So he's doing this. And that, that, cause if, when he looks only, the only thing he looks about, they're all dancing around him. And the only thing he's looking at is her. 
And then she gives her okay and smiles and says, yeah, it's okay, go do it. And that gives him the agency to go and, and do that, even when he wouldn't have in any other setting. And to me, that's even more slightly disturbing. And it puts a, a dark shade on Kate Hudson's character that isn't really there in most of the other movie, except for when she kind of loses her agency of herself, that she it's kind of like transitioning the manipulation that she's gone through as a Band-Aid onto a new person without seeing the negative after effects of it. it you, you, you see what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that um, Penny's role in it is just as difficult um, as yeah. a bystander in a lot of ways. Well, I don't really see it much as a bystander. I think that she's she's an instigator and was, was without her, I don't know if it would have continued. I think that he would have been the frightened one and ran out of the room if she hadn't have stepped in and said, no, it's okay, because she's the only one he really wanted. So until she gave the okay, which then makes her kind of predator-ish? Like, again, because if, if the situation was reversed, if it was a guy, then we it would it would have been obviously he's a rapist like obviously he's manipulating her to sleep with all of his friends like he that's it, it, it's it's almost very charlie manson-ish <laughs> you know whereas he doesn't take part in the actual murder but he gives that like uh-huh. you say the agency to to his to his followers to his cult followers yeah um yeah but but now i i am I'm, I'm gonna say mm, i'm not so sure because i see like around right around second 50 where he's really he's trying to cover up with one of these scarves or whatever it is, and and and, and they're taking it back away from him. But then it changed, you know. So so that's that's pretty bad, <laughs> you know. Well, in, in this scene, he starts he starts in, in this because the, the when he pull, when he pulls out of it and looks at it, that's really going into the next minute. So we're not really yeah, covering right. it. In oh yeah. Episode particular, but so in this one, yeah, he's lost in the moment, and he's uh-huh. definitely it's. I think that the Feruza Balk's character intimidated him from the, from the get-go. I think that she's kind of like the, <laughs> the crazy older girl that he doesn't quite understand from the get-go and like just is intimidated, intimidated right from the, from, from the word go. But then the other ones are kind of new to the dynamic. And I just think that I, I, I got the impression watching it, even back in the when I first saw it, that he would have ran out and not done it if she hadn't stepped in and said, yeah. Well, and, and Far- Faruza, um Sapphire is the one who uh, gives him that little, little peck of a kiss, kind of, um, mm-hmm. in in the backstage at the at the, at the very initial uh, concert venue. Um, mm-hmm. But th- but then what I'm saying though is too is okay. So from 50 seconds to the 55 second mark, where he he's sitting there with a different expression and attitude it seems to me he's not fully or he's, he's not you know you know next minute when maybe he's actually into it but and it's the very last you know th- two two three seconds when he's looking over a penny and, and 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 there's there's the start of what i think you're talking about that that you know okay yeah mm-hmm. go ahead and do this um but it's at that 55 second mark roughly that you know he's He's not as skittish about it at that point, but he's more, you know, he's, he's just taking it in, taking this in now. So that's the one, that's the one other thing, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there is, there is, uh, this, this, uh, 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 fetishizing fantasy fetishizing aspect 
to it that that is out there. I mean, anything you can think of is supposedly out there <laughs> that you can think of. Well, um, and at the time, at the time when the movie was released too, if you if you look, if you take it in context with, with social media that was or the media that was coming out of the time, yeah. social media in the sense is what was it society because <laughs> we didn't have social media when this right. movie came out, um, but it, we it was Jerry it was the Jerry Springer. Age. We were in the age of trash TV and of of extreme everything and. We were pushing everything to the limit, and there was, um, there was a lot of, there was the the start of the politically correct movement that was trying to limit offensive language and limit offensive activity in public, mm-hmm. but that was not only being resisted but kind of laughed at at that time. That it wasn't that would never take hold, so it. It was more. It was it was much more socially acceptable in that time to have a, a, a young boy who's being sexually aggressed by a female than it would have been five six years later. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 mid nineties were definitely a dark time as far as social justice and social. We were it was we it was, there was still a lot of racial epithets thrown around, still a lot of ableism and sexual epithets and a lot of insults and there was a lot that was kind of taken as what you should do you know like it was the bart simpson eat my shorts era yeah (laughs) and so it it's which doesn't excuse it whatsoever i'm not saying that by that means that that was some kind of that you have to take it in context and thereby excuse the activity it's but i think that's why it was included in such a frivolous and on in a way that it wasn't really touched on as any kind of story point or as any kind of negative to the character in the movie. Like we have to infer that negativity after the fact, looking at the reality of the situation. But in the movie, it just played off as a, a, a regular moment. I get what you're saying. I actually, um, so I, ca- I came across the September issue of Rolling Stone today and there was a feature on the 20th anniversary of Almost Famous, which I was like, oh, how perfect. Um, And there was a little bit of talk about this scene in the article and how Cameron wanted to make it seem jarring and um, to show that there is concern and that he might not have recognized it at the time he was in Mm. when this happened to him, but afterwards reflecting on it, he was very uncomfortable like filming this scene with his mom on set or even his stage mom on set. <laughs> and it it was something that didn't sit well with him later in life and how he tried to reflect it as something that was a concern, like he, he was not okay with it at the time upon further reflection, like he oh. realized afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I just... The, the fact that people have asked him about this and um, yeah. how it can be read, how it's read today, especially as something yeah. that it, it very much reveal, reveals that double standard and um, how how it needs to be considered more what like it's it's been a problem for a long time. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, and and that's as 
speaking as someone who lived through all that time, I, I am actually really glad that we've progressed the way we have and been able to move out of that troglodytic way of thinking, which is a great adjective if you ever can use it properly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I never quite understood why we needed as a society to degrade everybody else around us. But it, and even though it seems to be making a resurgence in some it, at least we've been able to make some strides. Yeah, and, and so something that's even said in this conversation before that, that, uh, you know, uh, William says this one thing, well, I would be worried that they were using me. You know, so that so there it's it's so crazy that this is happening. I'm just now realizing this that that the, that this conversation about being used is happening just before that, and and that's when this happens to William. But you know, for 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 the conversation itself, it's you know, Williams. I would be worried that they were using me. You know, in in response to you know, Penny saying famous people are are just more interesting. Well, and I think it's kind of, it's it's a kind of an example of Penny like pulling him fully into her fantasy world, yeah. even though the whole time he's trying to like reassert that all I want is you, this is, I, I don't know why you need all this craziness. Like what you don't need. Do you ever have anything normal in your life? And she's just like, well, come along with me. Well, let's do this. And for a while he gets pulled into that and starts to experience it. And then it's, it starts to get more and more chaotic. And I think this is the start of it. And I, you can, I think you can see that in the, the dancing around scene, where they're kind of dancing around him with the scarves that that chaos at first he's really enticed by it but then all he really wants at the end of it is just her and so it's and i think that is the through line of the movie that there's all this chaos going around him and all he really wanted the whole entire time to be with this girl to possibly write something through rolling the concept of them running around him like that i don't i i was uh i got one of my degrees in um classical studies and um, very, uh, I was thinking like the Bacchae, the Bacchae and like how they were almost nymph, chaotic, mm-hmm. frenzied, th- this like stereotyped women of nature, um, from the classical world and like focusing mm. on like the rituals of Dionysus and stuff. And it was just, it was very, I, I don't know yeah. what about the scene, <laughs> like all of a sudden, like in this watch was like, yeah, that's very that's very Bacchae esque, but um, I wouldn't know where Penny would fit into any of that. Um, if going off of that illusion, but I guess I mean there was the queen that killed her kids that was part of the Bacchae. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what I'm picturing in my head I, is, is you know because I, I did have the more uh, um, art art degree and art history. Um, was definitely a class that was very important uh, at the beginning of college for me. Um, but, you know, t- to me, in thinking about this is this is a, a, a painting of, of these more nymph-like in nature creatures dancing around a, a central figure. Um, and I, I then you talk about, well, where's Penny in that? That she would be like the artist. The painter. Mm. See, to me, to me, I always pictured it that she was like 
she was like Calliope the Muse, that, that her, she was the source of the, the magic that gave him the ability to write yeah. a story. Yeah. And so that was the, if, in the mythological paradigm, that's where I would say it. And there would be the, the woodland fawns and nymphs running around, the, but it would be Calliope the Muse. Now that we've all gotten our <laughs> mythological <laughs> aspects of it laid out. Push up our nerd glasses a little bit higher. <laughs> well, actually... Who in the story is Zeus? That's my question. Which one turns into a goose? <laughs> Let's not get started on the sexual... Let's not get started on the sexual politics dynamics of, of, of Zeus and all of his... Yeah. It's going to be like, who impregnates the most people? <laughs> yeah, who can rape via bestiality the most innocent women? Yeah, and yet still be revered as a god. Yeah, let's, let's go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> um, back a little bit more to the conversation that was being that's being had that was being had before this really starts for William. Um, unfortunately, um, it, you know, Penny says back to him at one point here, and some guy talked to me like that because I mean, it, it, for for a second, the boy, if this is the real world, but but it almost seems like William actually does pick up on her her issue that her her becoming kind of uh a uh, little little upset or i don't know if that's the right word but you know being a little more aggressive uh, about uh uh or, or defensive maybe um about uh what what he said what what how 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 she's taking what he just said and uh you know boy this is the real world and some guy talked to me like that because because he's talking right right over her saying not that anybody's using you so there's again that using used uh, mm-hmm. issue. Well, I, I think that's her kind of... I think the whole time Penny knows that she's in this fantasy world. Like, and I think that's one of the things that William huh. sees is that Penny knows that she's playing a fiction. And you don't have to play a fiction with me, can, but you keep on playing a fiction. And that's... These are one of those... There's a couple moments like that in the movie where she kind of drops the fiction for just a second and she's like, yeah, yeah. I know I'm doing that. I know this is fake. Play along or shut up. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the attitude that she has with him, mm-hmm. and he ends up playing along. Um, and then his response is, "I'm not famous," <laughs> but and he doesn't get to finish that because that's when Sapphire pops. And, you know, the, all three of them pop in, but Sapphire then, and you can hear you hear her saying, "You see her," and she's saying, "Your time has come." Um, but his his butt could have been, "I'm not famous," but I'm. Almost famous. Again, just gotta get that joke in there again. It's like the seventh time, probably. And he, and his his response back to Sapphire is, "Did Russell call?" So he's still thinking about getting him this freaking interview. He really wants this interview so bad. The precious child. Well, it is pretty intimidating to write for the Rolling Stone. I have to say that. And I think one of your your guys' points was that, you know, he's actually just trying to get back with Penny more so than anything as well, because he even says, you know, after Sapphire, Sapphire I'm pretty sure, is one who says, Pansome Girls, because she's, she's kind of been the leader. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, he says, stop, we're talking. You know, Pe- Penny and I are talking. <laughs> yeah, because none of the other stuff is important to him. Yeah. None of, none of the other stuff is, none of the other stuff seems real. None of the, uh, it's all just whatever he has to do to make her happy. That I think that as the as he goes along in the story, he discovers more that he cares about her than he cares about writing for the Rolling Stone. 
Um, and through all this time, we've, we, like I mentioned, I think last minute, uh, through the wall, we've heard uh, uh, the Stilly Dan song playing. And that, that, that kind of ends there when, after uh, at least one of the band-aids says, Opie must die, and, and he says, no, no. That song seems to end and, and really quick. The other song starts, and that's uh, I think that's the, um, the one that's uh, called uh, Lucky Trumbull. Um, uh, the, one of the Nancy Wilson, uh, uh pieces of music. Um, and, it, and it's definitely the, 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 least, the least, uh, acoustic guitar driven. It's, it's more, it's more of a, of a synth, you know, light, light, light synth. The notes are being played, the textures of the notes. Yeah. And he's putting up his, his, his fight and you know, saying, no, come on, please guys, <laughs> even, <laughs> It's a calling girls guys. Something I try to I try to avoid it every now and then I think I let it slip, but mm-hmm. I have to write. <laughs> That's what I was doing before Penny came in and had to <laughs> be in front of me. You call them peeps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> was I the only one that had to look up the Opie reference? Well, the Opie thing has, has has been certainly referred to him before this, okay. uh, that's, and it's mainly I... Sapphire, I think, and it's it could have been one or the other, one of the other band aids. Very much not likely Penny, but um, you know, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, Opie Taylor from the old Andy Griffith show, um, played by yeah. uh, Ron Howard, who many I, I, of you probably I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to watch the Andy Griffith show when yeah. I was a kid, like first run. So, yeah. <laughs> no, not the first run. <laughs> well, no, because well, you're, you're only a couple years younger than me. Come on. <laughs> I, well, I, I know my my it might, might not have been first run, but I was watching the old school black and white ones because my grandparents yeah. ran antique stores and we watched a lot of old stuff. So I don't know if it was while it was still on first run, but I watched yeah. all the original. I had no idea what it was. So. Yeah, and actually, they air every night right now on uh, Antenna TV at eight and eight thirty. Two episodes back to back, and unfortunately, they repeat them so quick. <laughs> so, like just like six months later, they they don't they don't have a large catalog of it. They just have a select few and go through them too quick. Because um, yeah, I I I enjoy it today. Essentially, this past year or so that I've had uh, before when I got rid of. Uh, Cable, I cut the cord, but um, yeah, and I think and I think I think there's some people. I forget if it's in this or someone else said it somewhere else. Opie, well, no, wait, it wouldn't. Have, it was just barely starting, just at the time of this movie's setting, seventy uh, three. Uh, but I, I forget where I've heard it. Opie Cunningham. So that's a mixing of the two um, roles uh, for Ron Howard. Yeah. The, the two yeah, big TV Richie. series for him, happy days being the other. So that's actually, uh, uh, Richie Cunningham. So it's the mixing of the two. And I think that's, it can't be said in this cause that wouldn't make sense for that to be Cunningham to be used in this. No. Um, but uh, what I was starting to say though, a minute ago with, uh, Ron Howard, uh, that most, most kids these days knows, know him as the, uh, the narrator for arrested development. Uh, <laughs> I actually never watched that show. A, Didn't know he narrated. Yeah, I haven't watched I much of it, but I but I'm familiar enough with it to to know it when uh when someone someone refers to it, you know, whether on a podcast or or meme 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 wise or something maybe. I know he's a fantastic director. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Apollo thirteen, I think, is is probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, I I know him solely like directing. I didn't realize yeah. he was an actor as well. <laughs> yeah, he was on happy. He was on Happy Days for the longest time. He was he was Fonzie's straight man when Fonzie was doing all of his a stuff. He was the one that was the straight kid. Oh come on, Fonz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we gotta we gotta fly straight here. <laughs> we have to save the sock hop, Fonz. Yeah. yeah. While Fonzie's out there jumping a shark on roller skates, yeah, or doing the like, like, like it's shown in the uh, in the uh, Buddy Holly uh, music video for Weezer from my other show. Feels like mm-hmm. um, uh, he's shown doing the uh, the Russian <laughs> dance. <laughs> I forget uh, if that's actually if he actually did that in a show or if they just manipulated, you know. No, I think he actually did that in the show. Did yeah, they did a lot of really wacky stuff. He actually in- danced that way. Jumping the shark actually means they jumped a shark on ice oh, yeah. on water skate. That's where so, it came yeah. from. <laughs> um. Well, I think we're winding down. We had that. Uh, I, I I took us right into that pretty heavy heavy talk, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just to <laughs> see what we could where where we could go with it, and if there's anything more about that, I'm certainly open to talking about that. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, an issue that uh, we we've been having all this all. All the all this uh, Me Too movement uh, going on, it's, I think it's I'm 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 for it. You know, it's 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 something that, uh, from my point of view, it's I'm, I'm definitely more on the liberal progressive side of things. I'm not going to shy away from that. And I think any conversation where we can successfully move from gender dynamics and the, the what the whether we can have uh, whether it's right for a, a female to be a sexual aggressor to a young male. To literally jumping the shark on Fonzie, yeah. I think it's a good conversation. <laughs> uh, Conjure, is there anything else you'd like to um, add for this minute? Th- that is all for my notes. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, Aaron, would you like to tell us just a little bit more about uh, you know, like like I said, uh, you know, we 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 came into contact with with each other i think just more, more on the more on the, probably more on the comic side of things on facebook i think we might have found each other but uh you started up your group and you had your your amazing story um that uh i i definitely uh heard a little bit about a little bit about but then finally was able to see uh like news reports on you and uh you're, you're telling your story and then the ted talk was really awesome well thank you very much yeah um Anybody can come find me. Um, I run a group called You Are Not Alone on Facebook. It's all one word, called You Are Not Alone. Um, it's all about giving love and support to people who feel like they don't deserve it. Um, and if you know somebody who's in that place or are in that place yourself, remember you are not alone, and there are people who are will listen to you and will give you love and support. Um, yeah, I can find me at, on Facebook or on Twitter at StarkDad1313. And yeah, I, thanks for having me on. And uh, Kondra, what else uh, might you like to say? Uh, are there other uh, great uh, some social media sites that uh, people can find you you or your shows? Sure, yeah. Um, if you are interested in another Movies by Minute podcast, um, my brother and I have covered, we're up to our third film now. And you can find all of those um, by searching at Amateur Nerds on Twitter or basically any podcatcher of your choice. We're on basically all of them. 
yeah, and I believe uh, you probably already have have this show in in one of those podcatchers. Or if you're listening to us right now, talking about this, um, which you obviously are, but um, yeah, we're, we're uh, through the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, they really helped me out and uh, got things set up. I really appreciate that for for getting in, in all the, all those uh, ways uh, people can listen to us. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, I, I should uh, alert people to the possibility. If you need to, if you want to do a more private kind of uh, message, you can you can email the show at, at our address, which is uh, almostfamousminute at gmail dot com. Um, other than that, like I said, pantheonpodcasts.com is where you can find uh, a whole bunch of other rock and roll uh, podcasts. And uh, I'll probably just throw out a quick uh, 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 thank you to uh, the godfathers of, of uh, so to speak, of uh, this whole genre of movie by, movies by minutes. Uh, uh, Pete and Alex, uh, Star Wars Minute, uh, pretty much kicked us off going especially when you think about the uh the the daily version of it uh, there was there was the one before which was the the big lebowski uh podcast i think i think we might have been doing a weekly or monthly <laughs> stroll mm-hmm. through minute by minute of uh big lebowski um but i'm um, so glad uh, those guys got started and and Condra and her brother and and uh, my old co-host Travis and I, we all we all dipped our toes in, many many others, and uh, we even just had a, a virtual uh, uh, meetup, so to speak, little little mini convention uh, for our for the genre um, a weekend or so ago, um, as of recording, and um, that was so much fun. But hopefully next year we'll be should the uh, COVID uh, subside enough, hopefully make it uh, to uh, Philly. Probably in probably in August, but who knows? That could change a little bit too. Um, that's where it would have been this past month, this year. But um, so there's all that, and uh, not much else. I think I need to say at this point, except uh, we'll be back uh, next week for minute sixty-seven. I think hopefully Aaron will make it make make it back. Conjure. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll have you back on maybe one more time towards the end of the show. Unless I already yeah. have you, so, unless I already have you down somewhere, but I'll have to take another I have look no at idea. that. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate both of you. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Thank uh, you and girl. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yep. Um, so this was minute sixty-six. We'll be back next week with minute sixty-seven. Until then, it's all happening. It's all. It's happen- all happening. I am a golden god. Yeah!